Welcome back to Hurdle, a podcast that talks to everyone from top CEOs and entrepreneurs to athletes about how they got through tough times, hurdles of sorts, by leaning into wellness. It's Wednesday, which means you are listening to another Hurdle Moment for the smaller obstacles we deal with each and every day. This week, I'm talking about getting rid of negative self-talk. It's something I definitely struggle with, that little voice in my head that can be super, super critical. Of course, I am a huge advocate for being your own biggest fan, and I'm constantly working on building myself up in order to be the best version of myself for the people around me. But that doesn't mean that the voice doesn't kick in every now and again. Whether it's at the office and you're doubting that you're the right person to take on some new exciting project, or perhaps it's one of those face yourself in the mirror moments where it's easy to be a little less than nice about how something fits or looks or whatever. Negative talk happens. Recently, I went through something which triggered today's Hurdle Moment episode. It was about a travel that ended in mid-March and during trips from Los Angeles to Austin and Ibiza and Paris and so many wonderful places. I lost some compassion for me. In the process, I had honestly gained a little bit of weight, and I soon realized that the way that I was talking to myself, well, it's not really how I'd want to talk to anybody else. The good news in all this is that I've been able to flip the script, and that's what we're talking about today. I try often to give you guys as many takeaways as possible, and today I'm talking openly about my experience. I'm getting vulnerable with you. Because I'm hoping that if you're dealing with something like this right now, or if you've dealt with something like this in the past, that you know that you're not alone and that maybe I can help you too get over your own hurdle. You know the drill, at Hurdle Podcast, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Share a hurdle moment of your own with me by emailing me. It's emily at hurdle.us. And that's it. With that, let's get to this week's hurdle moment. I went to a podcast meetup last week with a few guys I love from a news podcast I listen to called Group Chat. And one of them was talking about how authenticity is gold. His name is D. Murthy. And obviously he was talking about it in relation to podcasting, but it's really true everywhere. When you want people to trust you, and that can be as a friend or a lover, a source or an expert or whatever, the best thing you can do is just be upfront with who you really are. We all have authority over things that we know to be true. And for me, I feel like the things that I have some sort of authority over are running and then something I might not talk as much about, which is weight loss. Now on the pod, I've talked before about how I used to weigh about 70 pounds more than I do now back in college. And the good thing about that weight loss is that I've been able to keep it off. And that's because during the whole process, I turned eating healthier and working out into parts of my lifestyle. Sure, there have definitely been times here and there where I've gained a few pounds, but I've always been able to reel it in. Like, for example, after big holiday weekends, I'd come back to the city, put on my sneakers, and run it out. I was never mad about what some people might consider going overboard every now and again with eating. I love food. I really, really do. And life is just way too short, in my opinion, to just view it as fuel. There are cheese boards and wine and sushi and desserts and so many things worth eating. I actually talked to Danielle Dubois and Whitney Tingle about this, the Saqqara Life founders in their episode of Hurdle. And the fact is, is that we are what we do 95% of the time. 
And that's with everything, right? Whether it's how you handle your relationships with your friends or maybe what your diet looks like. We can't get down on ourselves about that other 5%. Earlier this year, that 5% became 10 and then 20. And then it felt like I was out of control. I had been traveling nonstop, like I said, to Paris and Spain and Los Angeles and Austin and everywhere. And the experiences were so awesome. And I feel so lucky that I had them. But after about the fourth or fifth trip, I started to feel pretty awful, honestly. I was frustrated that my clothes weren't fitting the same. I felt like I didn't have the same energy. I felt lethargic and cranky and you hear it all the time, but I was trying to overwork out to accommodate a bad diet and it just was not working. I would wake up almost every day and tell myself, today is the day you're going to turn this around. And then, well, it wouldn't happen. I'd say, okay, tomorrow. And it would just repeat and repeat and repeat. So when after avoiding the scale for months, I finally stepped on, I was greeted with what I already knew. I knew I felt bad already. The change in the number on the scale was just another indication of why. I texted my best friend and I told her that I needed her help. And that accountability, that in itself helped. That's when I was able to turn it around, finally. I committed to getting back to a place of self-love. I committed to getting back to a place where I felt comfortable in my own body. The goal, of course, that I'd lose some of that weight, but more so that I would get back to feeling like me. So here are the steps I took. This is what worked for me. Here are my tricks to eliminating negative self-talk. Trick number one, write in a gratitude journal. I would say over those four to five trips over that month and a half to two month period where I was in and out of the city constantly, I probably wrote in that journal a third of the time. I knew that I needed to get back to thinking about the things in my life that made me grateful, the things that were positive and the things that made me happy. I swear just a few minutes writing down your thoughts, your feelings every single day, the things that make you feel happy about what you have in your life. It's so, so valuable. And just a reminder, this doesn't need to be something where you sit with it for 20 minutes in your morning. I know we've all got stuff to do. I've gone through phases in my life where I'm writing in a gratitude journal and I'm writing three things that I'm thankful for every single morning. And right now I'm in more of a write for five minutes and it's just one bit, one thing that makes me feel happy from the past 24 hours. Both are good both are worthwhile. So for me, getting back to the gratitude journal, getting back to remembering the things that make me happy, it was a huge step in the right direction to eliminating that negative self-talk. I think the really cool thing about taking the time to enter things in a gratitude journal is that sometimes when you go to do it and you realize or you think about the fact that you might not have anything to put in there, it really makes you stop. And it makes you evaluate, okay, what happened over the last 24 hours and why am I feeling like there's nothing good going on? How can I make a change to that? How can I fix this? It becomes problematic when you don't take the time to stop and reflect. And so trick number one, have some gratitude and write it down. Trick number two, be conscious of what you're putting in your body. Everyone's relationship with food is different, but for me, when I'm feeling stressed or upset or whatever the case may be, I kind of reach to food as a source of comfort. 
during this time when I was traveling so much, to be honest, what I was reaching for the most was alcohol. Alcohol was an easy path at the time to empty calories and was also obviously a little bit depressing. I didn't have a good reason for why I found myself drinking more. And I knew that if I was going to be going out with friends, that would be happening. I'd have a drink and then I'd have another and then I'd have another. And before I knew it, I was just kind of casually at four or five a night. That is not a way to be. So I started to get really mindful about what I was consuming. Yes, with alcohol, but also with food. I made a pledge to start writing things down. My trick to being more mindful, keeping a food journal. You know, back in college, I was on Weight Watchers and that's how I lost a lot of weight. And part of the Weight Watchers program is that you write things down. I knew that if I was going to sit down after I was done eating and be accountable and keep track of what was going on, that I'd be more considerate about what I was going to tap out in my notes app. By being considerate of what we're putting into our bodies, it's just one way to show yourself a little bit of compassion. It's another way to give back to you, to show some self-love. Which brings me to trick number three, talk about it. It's hard. I get it. It's hard to say when things aren't going well. For me, I think what's really tough is that I want to be a source of strength for so many other people, but I've come to terms with this idea that if I'm not giving back to myself, if I'm not working on being the best version of myself, then I can't be strong for my friends. I can't help you. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes you've got to be upfront and honest with the idea that you need some help. When we're all in our head, things get built up, right? It's like, For me, for weeks and weeks and weeks, I was struggling with this idea that I was frustrated with what I was putting into my body and how I felt and the dialogue, it wasn't changing and it was just this long spiral. But the second I told someone how I felt, the second I felt like I had some support, that was when I felt confident that I was capable again of making the change. It's kind of like when you're studying for a big exam in college and you have an exam date, right? And it's like you could slack off for a few weeks of a semester. But ultimately, with that exam date lingering, you know there's going to be some sort of test. When you reach out to a friend and you tell them that you're feeling some kind of way, that maybe that self-talk is creeping up and it's negative and whatever, you've, in a sense, set the test date. It's like, okay, if this person's a true friend, then they're going to reach back out to you. You're going to know that there's some accountability there. And come, quote unquote, exam day, you have the opportunity to prove to yourself and obviously to them that you've got this whole thing under control. Now, I'll be the first to admit that just because you tell someone how you feel doesn't mean instantly you're going to start feeling better. It doesn't mean instantly that little voice is going to stop nagging you. But what it does mean is that now you have an outlet. Now you don't have to feel so alone. And that's really, really special. Trick number four celebrate the small wins. Whether it's with shifting how you talk to yourself or with weight loss or with tackling a big project at the office or working up to run a marathon, a lot of us have really big goals. And sometimes in the excitement of that big goal, we forget to celebrate the small stuff. For me, there were a lot of small wins that were happening constantly, like putting on my jeans and feeling good again or making the time to pack my lunch in the morning. I mean, they're endless. Small wins are meant to be just that, small. 
and celebrating them, it's just going to inevitably make you a happier person, a prouder person. We all owe it to ourselves to remember every small step forward is a step in the right direction. And so to recap the four tricks to eliminating that negative self-talk trick one, keep a gratitude journal trick two, be mindful of what you're putting in your body. Trick three, talk to someone about it. And trick four, celebrate the small wins. I know we've all been there so many different times in our lives when this negative talk comes in, whether it's on a run and you're four minutes in and you feel like it's as though you've never even done it before, or whether you're staring down at the scale and you're feeling so frustrated, wondering how did I even get here? I get it. What I want to hit home time and time again is that A, you are never alone and B, you have the power to make a change, to shift the narrative, to change the dialogue. It's definitely not always going to be easy. And in fact, most times it isn't. I offer you these strategies that worked for me in hopes that maybe at least one of them works for you. I'm honest with you in today's hurdle moment about going through some tough stuff because the reality is, is that life is never just going to be smooth sailing and we owe it to ourselves to do the best we can with what we have. And that's it, man. It's exhausting being vulnerable. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. This week, make sure to hit me up if you're implementing any of these strategies. I always want to know if what I'm putting out there is what you like. So if you have a second, leave a quick comment on Instagram at Hurdle Podcast. Go ahead on over into the iTunes store. Click the link with the description to this episode and rate and review the podcast. And uh, thank you for letting me be me. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. (laughs) 